Welcome to another episode of Bison Catholic's Iron Sharpens Iron. Iron Sharpens Iron is a podcast that will go into the conversations that will help you sharpen your faith. We here on the podcast believe that who you surround yourself with matters, and a part of this belief is Proverbs 2717, Iron Sharpens Iron, so one man sharpens another. Welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about authentic friendship, and we have on the show today two guests, two students actually, as we're just starting to get back into the school year here when we started recording this. So I think we're a week away from school start. So we got Zeb and Blake here. So if you guys want to introduce yourself, Blake, you want to... Uh, yeah, so I'm Blake Ducharme. I'm just entering my junior here year at NDSU. Um, I'll be... Me and Zeb both are going to be working as PMs for the first time together, so this will be a pretty awesome year to head into. Um, I kind of came into the Newman Center initially just because I had a hunger for faith like many students did. And yeah, the past couple of years here have been awesome going to NDSU with that uh, Newman community. Awesome. Awesome. Zeb? Yeah, I'm also going into my junior year here for some math education. And yeah, I just ended up coming to the Newman Center for kind of their fun stuff and all the games excited me and then it just turned into kind of as a podcast it's called Iron Sharpens Iron and I just started getting into my faith and finding out that the Newman Center has more to offer than just games and fun. Yeah I mean you you, you come for the volleyball and watermelon and you stay for the salvation so <laughs> exactly <laughs> and for those who don't know PM it's our peer ministers so there are part-time workers who help us put together a lot of these events and they're my uh they're my operations team yes they, they yeah. help me get everything done that needs a doing so we're your minions <laughs> yep yep minions i like that maybe we'll get some t-shirts with some minions on it kind of be funny yeah, yeah i think so i'll put you that's what we're doing after this you guys are going to design t-shirts <laughs> that uh have a minion theme to it let's say Got minion, it. Yeah. important things go. priorities yeah but today we're going to be talking about authentic friendship we thought it'd be a awesome idea to have two students on because that's really what we're working yeah. on developing here at the Newman Center and with the whole idea of this podcast is to develop authentic friendships. Um, a lot of the times, I think it's in focus, we hear um, that saints come to, come in pairs. Yeah. So I just want to talk about, to you guys, what does that kind of mean? Yeah, I think, I mean, let's, let's start off and just kind of like back up what we're made for, right? Because it's always really important for us to consider our human nature and what we're made for and like what is the end of our human nature like like what's it pointed towards and and go all the way back to the beginning into the garden of eden and what do we see right we see adam and he's naming all these animals and he's like there's nobody here like me and so then the lord puts him into a deep sleep out of his rib forms eve and he says, ah, at least, at, at last, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Here's one like me, right? So I think even there, we have this indication that we're made for relationship. And in the garden, there was a perfect harmony in that relationship. Man's relationship for God, it was, it was in complete harmony. There, there was no disorder to it. Man's relationship with one another, so Adam and Eve, it was, it was perfect. It was complete harmony to it. And then man's relationship both within himself and with all the rest of creation was also in harmony. And then after the fall, we see this great disorder that's, that's sort of entered into it. But that didn't abolish what man was made for. Man is still made for relationship. We have that Trinitarian form to us, made in the image and likeness of God. Um, and so I think when we talk about friendship, 
that's a huge element that we're talking about is this internal characteristic of us that we must be in relationship. And friendship is sort of the the basis of what that relationship looks like. And as we'll discuss throughout the episode today, there's many breakdowns and, and sort of distinctions that we can make and the types of relationships that we have with one another. So going back to your original question, Matt, why do saints come in pairs? I think it's because of that dynamic uh, that in relationship, we draw the best out of each other, or if it's a bad relationship, the worst out of each other. But saints, you see it. I, I think of St. Francis of Assisi and St. Clair, right? They had that this great deep friendship in the Lord, and they actually ended up drawing more out of each other than the, just the sum of their parts. There's something greater that happens when the two or even the many come together in true friendship. Yeah, how about how about you guys? What do you guys with the with saints coming in pairs? What do you you guys think about that? Yeah, yeah so listening to Nathan actually, Blake and I lived together freshman year, and it all started off just kind of messaging before, and we found out both of us are Catholic, and we just kind of got to the school year, probably both at not like strong in our faith that by any means, but going to church every Sunday together and just by working off of each other Blake got involved in Biza Catholic before me and then he was able to bring me to Biza Catholic events and just through that freshman year we were able to work together and grew our faiths much farther than I had ever expected my faith would grow in my life yeah Yeah. that's awesome yeah there's something that a a traveling monsignor said over at the cathedral here in Fargo uh, during a daily mass this last year and it kind of has sat with me ever since, though, because of how true it is. He said, our salvation is a social one, which really does speak with this, I think. I felt like, yeah, saints come in pairs. And just like even from our experience of being in the Bison Catholic community, you get more and more deeper and your faith just keeps growing more and more as just your friendships build with these people. It's crazy. Yeah, so you guys really have that that kind of iron sharpening iron relationship you have where you guys are trying to strive to to sharpen each other and bring each other to faith while they're bringing each other to Newman events or, or however you ever can, however you can, it sounds like that's kind of your dynamic and relationship now. Cause what, what Nathan was saying, you know, we're built for companionship, like all, all humans. And I'm sure we, we've all felt that, that longing for companionship and we don't, we, we want to go out and, and meet people. And sometimes it's not that, that easy. And we want to, build each other up through that. What yeah. What about the Catholic Church? What do they teach? What does yeah. the church teach about friendship? Yeah, so it's interesting because, uh, you know, in prep for this episode, I, it, my first instinct is always, okay, go to the catechism as sort of the starting point. Catechism doesn't have a ton in there specifically about friendship, but uh, they, they do mention it in a few different ways. So, um, so the principle of solidarity, right? So this is one of those Catholic social principles that, that says, like, we need to be in union with one another on a social level, right? We need to have concern about one another's needs and things like that. Um, but they even say solidarity is it's articulated in the term friendship. And then goes on to express that friendship is ordered towards charity, um, you know, so we, we actually have to have the good, that loving charity for one another. Um, and then they talk about it also in the context of chastity, right? And so immediately when we think chastity, we think sexual purity. Yes, that's true. But I think chastity is more than just, you know, temperance over sexual desires and actions. It's, it's loving purely. So it's being able to see the other uh, in such a way 
that you want their authentic good. You want their true good. And, and chastity just lets you love them properly. You're not looking to use them in any way. You're not looking to like get something out of them. You simply want their good. And chastity actually is that, that great virtue that allows us to do it, that we, we have such command over our faculties that, that we're able to look at the other uh, and, and just see their true good at hand and, and help to serve that. Yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful with the, and with the, the church, I know we talked about this like many other times in our other episodes is we have more than just the catechism that we can like, we can look right. at like writings of the saints. Exactly. And like we were just talking about saints come in Paris. So I'm, there's a lot that saints write about, about friendship. Yeah. And just one that like comes to mind is St. Augustine. He yeah. writes, um, I wrote it down here somewhere. Since authentic and generous friendship mirrors the love that Christ showed for us on the cross, in which he described when teaching in John that no greater love can have than to lay down your life for a friend. So yeah, St. Augustine even writes about just authentic friendship and yeah. how it should be mirroring the love that, that Christ gave, that Christ had for us. Yeah. And just looking at that and looking at what some of the other saints wrote about, I know uh, C.S. Lewis, he writes a lot about friendship yeah. and uh, he has his four loves. Four loves, yeah. So I don't know if you wanted to touch yeah. on that a little bit. You know, so the the four loves, for those who aren't familiar with it, it, you know, the Greek words storge, philia, eros, and agape. And they mean in order, storge is, is affection, philia is friendship. It's where we get the, you know, the city Philadelphia, the the city of brotherly love, right? Uh, eros is that romantic love. Uh, and then agape is really synonymous or, or sort of expressed in charity, right? It's that selfless, sacrificial love that I love for the other. And and I think, you know, in my own reflection on this, um, you know, we, we kind of begin a lot of friendships with a certain natural affection for another person. So that storge, you know, there's there's something about us that sort of attracts on a natural level. It's it's not tied to that that sexual or eros type love. It's just sort of like we we click. Let's just call it like there's a clickness to it where we just hit it off. There's sort of an affability between persons, um, but eventually that has to actually have some intentionality to it. And that's where I think that friendship philia, where I actually put that person, that other person in a prominent place and role. I reach out to them to share my life and, and whatever good or ill seems to be happening in my life. And they in turn uh, have that deep concern and, and want to know about that. And, and they're there for me, right? They want to actually help me through some of those moments. Um, you know, Eros, I think that loves, obviously it's, it's appropriate and, and proper to, uh, men and women, right? So as a particular friendship that maybe develops between a man and a woman can develop into more of that romantic relationship and under proper discernment with chastity in place that you can discern your vocation through that. Say, Hey, wait, look, this is somebody I want to actually spend the rest of my life with. And I, I look at my own marriage to my wife that we've been happily married for 13 years. And the basis of our relationship actually wasn't Eros. It, it started first with an affection, then an, a, a real friendship developed. And then we realized there was something more there. And over those 13 years, what we've actually had to do time and time again is sacrifice. So that agape, like that laying down your life, it's, it's, it's like the, the cruciform shape that our friendship takes where you're actually just suffering with that other person. But it's 
always for their good and for their growth and hopefully for a redemption, whatever, you know, in Christ we suffer can be redeemed through the cross. So, so I think those four loves, um, you know, they're present in a lot of friendships and it just depends on kind of how that friendship flowers and matures over time. Uh, and not all friendships, you know, develop into the, the greatest, most mature form. Some end up being more sort of casual friendships and others become those sort of those brothers, right? Yeah. So. And there's another thing. I mean, there's such thing as like toxic friendships, things that... Oh, yeah. And I, I don't even know if you can really describe these as friendships because th those are the kind of things that kind of lead you into um, just, you know, not good things. And I, I don't think if, if you're striving with virtue together, can you really even describe yeah, that as I, a friendship? I, I feel like the world kind of has its own separate definition of friendship. I don't know if any of you guys yeah. have experienced this or want to touch on any experiences you've had about just, you know, friendships maybe you, you've had that are just, I mean, you don't obviously don't have to name people, but I mean, maybe in your life, you guys ha had some people where it's like, this isn't really a friendship. This is something I got to get out of, but the world might, might see it as a friendship because maybe the world just sees it as two people hanging out and that's, that's all what friends are. But, you know, yeah. in the Christian sense, we see it as a lot more than that. Yeah, I could definitely touch on that a little bit because, like, I know growing up and coming through high school before I got here to NDSU, uh, a lot of my friends, the, like, I guess apex of our friendship, basically, the goal of it, were, like, here, majority of my friendships have been, like, hey, we're trying to get to heaven, man. We're trying to be saints, trying to live for the Lord. Or my old friendships were more like, yeah, we're just trying to have a fun time. Maybe, like, the climax would be like, oh, yeah, we'd have, like, some sick party or something like that. Uh, once summer rolls around and we don't have like sport obligations going on, you know? Yeah, I'm getting a little feedback on that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can hear it too. Um, but yeah, just like the final goal of that friendship is different from my experience. And it's just not that great or that yeah, high. Yeah, it, it's based on surface level things. That's so, what I'm hearing you say. It's like, yeah. all right, yeah, we like the same video game. So that's the base of our friendship. We get together and we play video games or we like the same sports. Uh, we like the same sports team. So we get together and we watch the game or go to the game or we play that game, right? Those things maybe aren't bad in of themselves. I think those, yeah. if I'm not wrong, they would have like kind of the affection, yeah. the storge kind of, kind of love to them yeah, or kind of the beginning where you're kind of like attracted to this because, you know, maybe you like the same sport. So it's kind of that lead into that friendship. Yeah, right? It's like this, this natural interest, this, you know, and so the affection for it surrounds that thing, mm -hmm. right? But you think about it, how lasting is that? You know, it's like, well, sports teams end. You, you beat the video game. So we're done with that. We got to like find a new one. Um, but those things don't actually, they're not there for your good, right? In some ways, there's an escapism that happens through some of those things, you know? And, and a lot of friends, like they're, they're like the party friends, right? People, you know, I had them in my unsanctified days where like those are the people you call up to go to a party with, right? And, and they, yeah, okay, fine. I guess we can drink copious amounts of alcohol together and like, that's the basis of the friendship. And the next morning, the friendship, what? It's just not even there because it's not really, like you're saying, that a basis of any friendship. It's more like just this common interest of things that we're almost using them to a purpose or an end. We're not loving them for who they are. But... Yeah, I, I think the world just gets it so wrong. And we talk a lot about, like, every episode we, like, beat up on the world a little bit. And I think <laughs> it needs to be beaten up upon. So it's good that we're doing that. But, like, I, I see it like, you know, the, the true measure of a friend is the one who sticks with you 
through those most difficult trying moments. You know, they're, they're willing to suffer with you and alongside you to help carry your burdens and your cross. And that's not an easy thing because suffering sucks. Like it's no fun. It's just like, it's, it's, it's painful. But a friend is there with you. Um, if you guys seen Lord of the Rings, like yeah. either the movie or read the books, you gotta read the books if you haven't read it. Uh, uh, but I think of, of really all the characters in there demonstrate what friendship looks like, but particularly like Sam and Frodo. Right. You see, so Frodo's carrying this great burden, this ring of power, and it weighs on him heavily. It's it's twisting and warping him the longer that he has it. And then his good and faithful friend Sam is there. And if you read the story, they weren't great friends to begin with, maybe. Sam was like a servant. He was uh, Frodo's gardener, his, his loyal, faithful servant. But over the time, you just see Sam carrying more and more of the load for Frodo, even to the point towards the end where he even takes the ring, unbeknownst to Frodo, and carries it for a time so that Frodo can have relief from it and then gives it back. He's like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna take your burden from you, but I am gonna help you carry it all the way through. Um, and there's real, real deep affection and love that they have for each other on that. And, and it reminds me in the gospel where Jesus, um, you know, is talking to his disciples at the Last Supper, and he's like, I no longer call you servants, but now I call you friends. And I think that's a really key point in line in the Gospels, especially in the context of where it's happening. He's talking, you know, after the the vine and the branches, that whole parable that I am the vine, you are the branches. Uh, you get pruned so that you bear much fruit. And it's in that context, he's like, I no longer call you servants, but friends. It's like, actually, I want to be in that deep relationship with you. I'm calling you to a deeper relationship so that I can bring about your greatest good, you know, your greatest fruitfulness, if you will. So I think the world gets it entirely wrong all the time, and uh, or at least most of the time. I don't want to talk in absolutes, but but the true measure is is are they with you to the very end? Are they going to bear that burden to you no matter what? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The uh, the world just you know they have that that way of twisting things, and friendship just unfortunately is one of those things. And I I think we see that a lot in especially younger younger crowds, you know, high school especially because you're with, you know, a, a big group of people and they're all parented different. They're all living these different lifestyles. And so you, you have these mix of, of friends and groups of friends that I don't think really understand what true authentic friendship is. And I think for me personally, like when I, I was homeschooled, so I mean, it wasn't a huge deal. Well, and, you're and one I, of those. <laughs> <laughs> I homeschool my kids, so I feel like I can. <laughs> you, 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 you have the right. I, 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 I can put little jabs there. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, nowadays you see what's going on in public yeah. schools and you're saying homeschoolers are the weird ones. There's a reason we're homeschooling <laughs> yeah. our children. So. All right. But anyway, with the with that, I did stuff at the public school. Like I play football and yeah. I uh, did, did track and then I, I played in band, too. And just seeing how some of the, these friendships are, I don't think personally, I didn't really understand what authentic friendship was until I came to the Newman Center. I had really, really good friends, and some I could say were even authentic friends, but I didn't know what authentic friendship was until I, I came to college and actually experienced and learned more about it. And I think just learning about authentic friendship and really what authentic friendship was helped me to truly, really appreciate the friends that I had and going forward, making new friends, what to look for and and friends and in a group and in a community of of these values of building each other up and not just seeking something that's ultimately 
a, just a personal pleasure for yourself. That's not going to do anything good. And that's just this base level of, you know, really nothingness, but something that's going to build virtue in my life and instill that lifelong. And I don't know if you guys experienced that same thing or something similar coming into school. Were you, did you guys understand, I guess, what authentic friendship was in, in high school before coming? Or how long did it take you really to understand what that was? Yeah, it was just so easy to kind of see coming from high school that in high school, I had a pretty good group of friends that I was around and we had some pretty well authentic friendships. And then I came to college and none of my friend group went to the same college and we're just here living and you come from an authentic friendship looking for more authentic friendships because you've already had it. And when you don't get it, you just realize how much that you're missing out on. And that's when, very gratefully to uh, Blake and a couple of my other friends, just being able to find the Newman Center just changed my whole perspective on being at NDSU. I went from not having many authentic friends and thinking about transferring home to just making all these great friends and finding out that NDSU is my new home and that these people make a difference in your lives and just being able to serve each other and be served by each other just it's what we're called here to do and makes life fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of knew what authentic friendship was before coming into college here. Um, but it was kind of, we didn't have like the, like I was kind of mentioning earlier about the apex of the friendships. So it was like, we wanted to struggle through life together, but there wasn't like a sense of like, what are we struggling for actually? We're out here. Like once it came to NDSU, starting in Bison Catholic more started, doing stuff more with like me, Zeb, some of the other guys and gals who are around here. Uh, and then really realizing like, yeah, no, these people are with me on this. We're, you know, go to heaven, get that sainthood. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think something like the Newman Center is great to demonstrate it because there's an attractiveness to friendships when they're not just uh, strong on a natural level, level, but it's like you were saying, like they're pointed towards something, a prop, its proper end, which ultimately is the the kingdom of heaven, right? That's where we're all journeying through, and if we're on that pilgrimage uh, as we journey towards it, then then it would make sense that as we get closer to it in the order of virtue and holiness, that the friendships would become more attractive, and and so I think there's an attractiveness to a community like this that is striving after holiness and virtue, to the outside world, they, they see a joy that we have. Now, they, they may believe a lot of lies about what uh, the Catholic Church is or a Newman Center is. Uh, and I remember back in the day when I, I had that same, like, oh, they just sit around and like play boring board games, like they're so lame. And then I got to know the people there. And all of a sudden, I was, I was more alive than I'd ever been in my life. Because those friendships, there was a joy and a purpose that I was hungry for. I longed for it more than anything else. And, and so I think a community like this, especially as we develop friendships and all of their distinctiveness, right, that we would, um, that we would be attractive, like be that city set on a hill for the world to see, especially this campus to see. Um, that, that our presence, where we go, we bring that with us. It's like an overflowing from the friendships that are there, but that we're not remained insular either, that we're always willing to reach out and invite others into this good thing that we have. But um, I don't know, what, what do you guys think as far as, uh, you know, developing 
different types of friendships because you know our community blessedly is is fairly big right i mean we have quite a few students here a few hundred that would show up on a regular basis to different things and and a core group of probably 100 to 150 that are really committed and we see on a regular basis but is it is it like do you in your observation are there like one type of friend or is there like a plurality a great diversity in types of friendships what do you guys think well a moment that comes to my mind is actually last year after a thursday night daily mass last year i was just um in the back of the church and we moved into adoration after mass and I just kind of looked around and saw this, the Holy Spirit Church, full of probably about 50 to 80 college students just sitting there in adoration. And I knew a large amount of them, probably could name most of them, but like they're people that it's just crazy to see them all there in adoration. Where else are you going to find something like that on a college campus, a bunch of college students spending their Thursday night at 10 p.m. in adoration silently, followed up by playing a bunch of games and hanging out together, no matter the friend groups. During the rest of the week, we might all have our different friend groups hanging out with different people. And as you said, I think there is a large variety of students in the Biza Catholic community. And it just really adds to seeing all those different personalities. And we're all able to come together for God and then just come together afterwards for fun. And we have the variety, but they all mesh together so well. Yeah. So would you, like, if you're, there's a student on this campus that's not a part of the Newman Center and Bison Catholic, would you say to them as an encouragement, I can guarantee there's a friend for you here that matches sort of your natural inclinations and preferences? Yeah. My girlfriend, Courtney, was actually super nervous about that the first yeah. year that it was hard to get her to come to Bison Catholic events because she's like, oh, I don't know any of them. I won't fit in. Yeah. And then... Once we finally got her to start coming, she's like, wow, I was so wrong. And like, <laughs> yeah. it's just a spot for just about everybody that walks through the doors. Yeah. What say you, Blake? Uh, yeah, I definitely have to agree with Zeb there. Like, we're definitely a big enough community where we're so blessed with having people from all really walks of life coming in, uh, especially with the diversity and like the desires of why they're even coming to this college too and their majors. Like, I'm an exercise science major. I think there's a couple others like me that here. So we kind of bond more a little bit on like that way. Yeah. But then like, yeah, just so many great people here and different desires, different wants. And it kind of all eventually flows together once we get that friendship going here. Yeah. yeah. It's also shown in the amount of events we do. Like last year yeah. we created a group chat on GroupMe for St. Paul Sports <laughs> and people are playing basketball, volleyball, broom ball, hockey, just any sport you can think of. And then there's the groups of people, myself included, playing Catan once a week or any type of board game. Yeah. And then there's another group that made a movie last year yeah. and showed that in the talent show. And there's music and there's just really a spot to be included for any sort of personality. Absolutely. I would agree with that. Yeah. And I think the Newman Center is really a great place to find authentic friendships, in my opinion. And I think I found a lot of them during my college years. But um, as far as like outside of the Newman Center, I don't think the Newman Center for sure and we're not saying it that it is the only place to make authentic friends oh yeah you, you yeah. can go to like you could go to your local parish you can find good good people who are willing to you, you know you meet people and i think the idea of meeting authentic friends 
is you yourself trying to be an authentic friend. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're not really doing anything in that relationship with your friend, I mean, you have to really take an honest look at yourself and, and say, hey, am I being an authentic friend to this person? And if I was being an authentic friend, would they be an authentic friend back to me? So you have to, I think the, the key point in creating authentic friends is being that anvil, that sharpening that sword of the other person and really working on that and being honest with yourself. If you're striving for, for the same virtue and, and that relationship you're in with anybody in your life. Yeah, it's a great point, Matt, because relationships are always two-way streets. Uh, it, if And we've all probably been in that situation where we're unilaterally trying to maintain that friendship. And over time, what ends up happening usually is that friendship begins to slowly recede or, or you know, fail into the background a little bit. So I think having that almost self-examination of, am I being a good friend to that person? You know, I yeah. think that's that's a really good gut check to be doing. I think one of my, I, I don't quote him often. He's not, you know, by any means my, my favorite comedian or anything, but Chris Rock, he, <laughs> <laughs> my my brother gets driven a little bit crazy by Chris Rock, but there's one thing he said that I, I, I was scrolling uh, somewhere on social media and I heard him say, he was talking about relationships and he was like, people think relationships are so hard. It's like, well, Karen, a couch is hard too if you're doing it by yourself. But when you're working with another person, then it's a lot easier. So if two people are working together in that relationship, it's a lot easier than if it's one side and one person's trying to work yeah. on that relationship. But I, th I thought that was just something powerful from, from Chris Rock and, you know, some... According to the prophet Chris Rock. All right. Wow. That's <laughs> some <deep>. speaker. Yeah. <laughs> no, that actually makes a lot of sense because yesterday we were, some of us were hoisting a lot of furniture trying to get this Newman Center ready. And there were ones where I'm like, you guys, I need a hand with this. Like, there's just no way to get it through this door or you got to pick up the other end. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, in thinking of friendship too, I always think of children and uh, because I get, you know, the blessed opportunity to watch my own kids and watch a group of children. And you could put 10 strangers together uh, of children. They don't know each other beforehand. Give them, and it doesn't take very long, a little bit of time. And by the end of that time, they'll have already started to form friendships. They just do it so much more naturally, you know. And there's always like one or two that seem to be the leaders of initiating that. But then there's others that like are able to sustain it. They might not initiate it on the same level, but they, they become like sustainers of that friendship and they develop all sorts of games. I mean, watching their imaginations sort of develop games off of like nothing. Like give them a rock and a stick and they'll have 10 different games developed by lunchtime. It's yeah. insane. So I, I think if you watch up uh, like just how children react and then realizing that we must be like children to enter the kingdom, you actually see a good template for how to build friendships and how to like make them authentic friendships too. There's no duplicity in that friendship. Now the thing that children don't have and that I have to like constantly counsel my children through is, is what happens when there's disagreement. Sometimes they, they don't know how to handle that or navigate through it. I mean, I was just yesterday the kids with the neighbor kids were arguing over whose bike they were riding because they were switching riding bikes. And I finally had to get out there and say, everybody's riding their own bike. No more sharing bikes. You guys can't get along. So <laughs> sometimes they have disputes they can't navigate through, but, but at least they form the friendships very easy and they don't like discriminate against, you know, well, they're not interested in the exact same things that I am. You know, it's like, you're here, I'm here. We're friends. What else would we be? And really yeah. isn't, 
aren't friendships don't don't you see like them built a little better if there's a little bit of conflict in them a if there's bit. a little bit of butting heads then you know you 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 don't have that that passiveness when you're when you're yeah. in something in a situation where you don't like you can you know be open with them yeah. so if there's a little conflict and a little conflict you know make sure there's conflict resolution in there so you, you don't always have that thing but um that that you're able to to have these arguments and talk to people about you know what what you want and they're able to accept that and yeah. not like, you know, just be mad at you all the time. Because when you're talking about virtue, right, and, and trying to build virtuous friendships, then that's going to be a key component to the whole thing is that fraternal correction, you know, and fraternal fraternity, friendship, right? You see even the, in the words that we're using, fraternal correction, that, um, that, you know, I have to look at you and have your good at the heart of it. And sometimes that means correcting you so that you can be the better version of yourself and vice versa. I'm not the complete package. I have my struggles, my difficulties, my failings, just like any man does. But I would hope that my true friends would call me out on that and, and help me grow higher in that. So I think it's a necessary component. It's not even optional. It's not like, oh, the best friendships, you know, correct each other, but you could still be good friends without it. I really, I think if you want it to grow into that flowering, fruitful friendship um, in its fullest form, you better be willing to give correction and receive correction. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think as we close the episode, um, we're getting kind of close to the time here, but I wanted to bring up one more thing that C.S. Lewis said. It's kind of a longer thing, and it's something that I kind of took a little time to reflect on. He wrote it in his book, The Four Loves, and I've always... You know, I read I read this a couple years ago, but I came back to it today preparing for the podcast. But uh, I didn't read the book, but I read this part of the book. Um, I should read the book, and you should probably read the book. It's probably a good book. But sitting <laughs> <laughs> right on my shelf with the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was thinking about it, and you know, we 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 should give all our thanks and everything to God, right? Because God has given us everything we have, right? And sometimes I think we can take our friends, especially our good friends that we have for granted. And I think C.S. Lewis writes about how we really should be thanking God for this because he is the great master of ceremonies, and he writes about it. So I'm going to just shut up and read this. <laughs> so he writes, In friendship, we think we have chosen our peers. In reality, a few years difference in the dates of our birth, a few more miles between certain ho houses, the choice of one university instead of another, the accident of a topic being raised or not raised at a first meeting, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, you have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. The friendship is not a reward of our discriminating and not good taste in finding one another out. It is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauty of others. So that's just something where, you know, I, I read that and I'm like, wow, if, we, if I look at like everything, I almost chose to go to a different university. I was, you know, looking at other places and it's like, what, what brought me to come to NDSU? What brought me to this school and led me to these conversations? And just the smallest, you know, tiny detail off, you know, I probably wouldn't have the, the good friends that I have today or the good Christian friends and, and values that build me up. Yeah, I think the trust in God's providence is huge to that, that, you know, he is the author and the orderer of our life. And yeah, we have our freedom. So, you know, we have the choice to 
cooperate and go the direction he's leading uh, or not. And he blesses our decisions, be it they, they're good decisions. Um, but he, yeah, trusting in God's providence that he's put these people in my life for a specific purpose, for a specific reason. And I don't become my truest self apart from their influence and helping to influence them and strive with them towards holiness. I think it's absolutely a key key factor of the Christian life. This very notion that it's just me and Jesus, me and Jesus, it's so far from the truth. We must have friendships. We must have other people and have things in common and, and have concern for them and they for us. It's part of it. It's how we form. And eventually in heaven, this is going to be the most perfected form. The heavenly host will be around the throne of God worshiping him. It's, it's a massive party. It's like the best friendships that you're ever going to have. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys have any last, you know, maybe closing thoughts that you have about maybe how to create these values, what you can do, or any last things you want to say while you're on the uh, on yeah, the I guess I would just kind of say, like, who's ever listened to this right now, I guess uh, don't be afraid to, like, yeah, just go to the next Newman Center event. Don't be afraid to, like, just tap on someone's shoulder and say, hi, I'm so-and-so, and just, you know, hey, you don't know where that's going to lead you. Yeah, I I agree. Just show up, be ready to jump into your friendships, and, like, next time you're with some of your friends, have a deep conversation with them. See how they react. You know, just... Being able to have those conversations with friends just shows really the level of friendships you have and builds on how you view each other as a person. It's good stuff. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, just uh, final thoughts. Just, you know, work on work on being that authentic friend yourself and, and work on building others up. Um, good friends that tell other friends about being in the and Make sure to like, subscribe, share, and all that fun stuff. Be a good friend. <laughs> share. Be a good friend. All right. God bless.